0: This is the Johnny Cleveland podcast, all things Cleveland sports with your host, John Suchan. Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of the Johnny Cleveland podcast. Wherever you're listening from, we welcome you on this beautiful weekend, Memorial Day weekend. I'm your host, John Suchan, and just happy to have you along. Thank you for watching if you're watching on YouTube, on Twitter, Facebook. um, What a great, glorious Memorial Day weekend. It is just gorgeous here in the Columbus, Ohio region. Um, Couldn't ask for better weather. And I'm recording a podcast, but I'm going to be outside Uh, soon hopefully grant man and i are planning a day of golf like we normally do and uh on the weekend so looking forward to that again thanks for joining our program we are part of fans first sports network we are the fanatical elves network and this is our johnny cleveland show and uh we just again i say this every time i come on the air but we just want to thank all of you who are following our new network, following our shows, following my show. We have uh, started this in the later stages of March. We've been doing this for now about two months and we are growing and expanding quickly and just love the fact that you guys come over and are listening to our programming. we have some great guys who are contributing. And I say this all the time too, but we've got multiple shows going on right now. What the elf was that headed up by Joel Cade. And, um, Following that, we've got football philosophy and rocket science, also with Joel and Elliot, the Village Elliot. Rod Bloom does the Browns Blitz, and then of course we have the Fanatical Elves show, that we bring in other contributors like Steve Gill, BP from Pepper Pike, and others. So um, just happy to have you along. Keep listening. We we try to provide ongoing. Programming every week. Consistency matters, right? And you want to hear the very latest. So the Browns have been at OTAs. It's been a full week of practicing. There have been some noticeable absences that some have taken note. Some veterans, they are voluntary practices, but the Browns have instilled a new defense with Their new defensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz, a veteran coach who's been around the league for a long time, very successful. Some notable players that have been absent include, on offense, Nick Chubb, tight end David Njoku, offensive lineman Joel Batonio. But you're not hearing any of those names, are you, as far as being criticized, potentially? We are hearing Miles Garrett's name. Now we are introducing a new defense. And so there's been a bit of a divide amongst our Browns fan base. I kind of side with the criticism side and believe as a coach myself, and many of us have been coaches and you know what it takes to get a team going. They are instilling a new defense. And while some people say, well, Miles has been playing for six, what, six seasons now, seven seasons? I think this will be your number seven. He gets normally double teamed, and what's, what's the big deal? But from listening to our contributors like Joel Cade, who talks a lot about this new defense employs kind of a double gap zone defensive look, that Miles isn't really versed in that. And it would do him probably some good, and considering that he's the – As I've said in some contributions I've made to some other articles on Dog Pound Daily and Northeastern Sports Insiders, he's that symbolic leader. And having him gone and not there um, isn't sitting well with everyone, including myself. I would rather see him there. He's been uh, very vocal over the years, criticizing coaches and others. He's seen the worst in the Browns organization, but he's also – been here when the Browns have improved when we've had other players in the system, like Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, those kinds of players. So it'll be interesting to see um, how this all plays out. Interestingly, the defensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz started, well, he hasn't started. This is something that he's done with other teams, but he's brought it over here to Cleveland. And one of, one of his strategies, I also wrote about this recently for dog pound daily, wearing, various players jerseys to point out these players who are really giving maximum effort. He um, pointed out our linebacker uh, number 51, and I can't pronounce his last name, so I'm not going to (laughs) try. So, um, but that sort of activity, that kind of uh, tactic by the coach is given props to the players. And, you know, you and I both know we, we like it when we get, you know, um, praise either if it's in our workforce or wherever we're at amongst friends or colleagues, we like to hear our name shouted out. We like to get that praise. We like to win the prize. And so Schwartz wearing this sports Jersey of the player who he feels is really giving forth all the effort and trying his best. Is really a cool thing. And, uh, unfortunately miles Garrett's not there to uh, earn that so that Schwartz won't be wearing number 95. Now there will be mandatory camps coming up and obviously miles Garrett will be there. So we'll see how it all plays out, but Schwartz, the hard nosed ass coach. And, uh, I don't, and many of you probably don't believe that Garrett might get away with all this crap that he likes to pull. Um, And some people who will defend Garrett say that we're too critical, but he has been very um, opinionated. And sometimes he just needs to play the game and and be here with his teammates. On the offensive side of the ball, no, Nick Chubb's not here. And, you know, that would be great if he were. And he's not being criticized as much. But the offense isn't generally brand new to them. Deshaun Watson is in camp and he's has his nose in the playbook. I wrote briefly about that in the fact, isn't it just refreshing to know that you have a quarterback that actually cares to look at the playbook. Unlike. Yes. You remember what was it? Not too long ago. Well, nine years ago. Yes. That one famous Johnny football, Johnny Manziel, who was, Partying hard in Las Vegas. Man, can you still believe that 2014 draft? Hmm. Justin Gilbert and Johnny Manziel. What the hell were we thinking? (laughs) Just crazy. So um, that's the news from OTAs. You know, it's exciting, right? You know, we all get excited about things. And uh, I know my contributor, Steve Gill, writes for Cleveland sports talk, which we appreciate Cleveland sports talks, um, help with this venture of getting our podcast network off the ground and thank those that are running there over there, Zach Shafron and whatnot. And uh, really appreciate that. Steve Gill writes for them also, and also has his own blog dog pound South. And uh, he recently wrote about this, uh, the way that we look and perceive our football team, And in the off season, it's very easy for all of us to get sort of carried away. And when you start seeing the players catching the ball uh, on the practice field, it's exciting, but it is them just catching a ball, not traditionally against uh, a lot of difficult competition at this point. They're not wearing their pads. They're not in uniform. Um, So while it's exciting, and we're getting pumped to get the season started again, and the Browns get the season started early when they play the New York Jets in the Hall of Fame game the first weekend in August up there in Canton, Ohio. That'll be exciting. Um, that will be, um, you know, it's, 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 it's an exciting time. It's the time where, you know, we can speculate. Speaking of speculation. The Arizona Cardinals just released, that's right, DeAndre Hopkins. The savvy veteran, I think he's been in the league since 2013. Multiple pro bowler, all pro. His best years were in Houston when he played with the Texans and Deshaun Watson, his former quarterback, between 2017 and 2019 he had a string of seasons where he ran right over a thousand yards, receiving a hundred yards, catching. He totaled. What did we have here? I wrote a few notes down here. 1300 yards, one season, 1500 yards. The next season, 1165 yards. The following season, he was traded to the Cardinals and had a nice season of 1400 yards. The last two years though, as a Cardinal, he's been injured briefly and, um, hasn't been catching as many uh, passes or yardage. Despite that, he's still got a lot left in the tank. So it was a little bit of a a shock that they released him. He is due, though, north or south just of $20 million. Now, the Browns, we all talk about where they're at with the cap and this or that, and do they have enough money. We've also been talking about the crowded wide receiver room already the browns have invested in uh, free agent marquise goodwin they traded for elijah moore they drafted cedric tillman out of tennessee they already have amari cooper donovan peoples jones for right now they've got a few other guys like anthony Schwartz. so it's a crowded room so why the hell would the browns go after DeAndre hopkins Well, you and I both know there is that connection that he had with Deshaun Watson, other players in the team, new players in the team, even like Darius Smith, who the Browns just picked up in a big trade from the Minnesota Vikings defensive end. He's already been trying to recruit Hopkins, as are others. Many teams are doing this. It's interesting, though, because it's expensive but we were a little bit shocked when the Browns got Zarderi Smith and the June 1st deadline is coming up. And we talked about this a little bit on our fans uh, fanatical elves show the other night, Elliot, our village Elliot discussed this as far as the June one kind of deadline. Many players, for example, like John Johnson, the third, his contract is then coming off of the Cleveland books. And so there will be other players like that where Across the league, where players are coming off. There, so, there'll be some money to um, work through there. And um, we'll just have to wait and see. But the f- fact that he was released yesterday, he's also considered, you know, by some uh, folks, a dark horse to maybe do come to Cleveland. There was an article written today on CBS Sports that listed the Browns as a potential suitor for Hopkins. Obviously the rumor mill has started flying since last night. So we'll just kind of have to wait and see. I wouldn't be surprised. And honestly, I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world. You want to maximize what Watson has around him offensively and any weapon that you can have to do that, uh, would be great. And, um, it is interesting, though, another part of this DeAndre Hopkins thing that I started doing some research earlier on is that he's um, not... Well, his agent, he's kind of switch agents. And right now, supposedly, he doesn't really have an agent. The guy that's working for him is this guy by the name of St. He goes by the name of St. Omni. And he's considered a non-certified sort of agent. And he's this mysterious sort of person out there supposedly he exists and he's gotten some news and notes he's he has represented other players like uh Jaquan Smith and uh Laramie Tunsil recently who was also down there in Houston so we'll see what happens um the NFL has come out and said not to deal with this guy this Saint Omni it'll be interesting to see what the Browns do. We talked about that also the other night on one of our shows. And we, and I know uh, Joel has talked about this and Elliot um, on their shows, but you know, they talked about the Browns and other teams, you know, you can't always have boy Scouts on your team. Sometimes you have to go after players that maybe have uh, suspicious backgrounds and dealings. Um, You don't like that, but (laughs) it's, it's uh, sometimes that's, what teams end up doing. You know, look no further than the Cincinnati Bengals, a little bit further south from here, and what they've done over the years with some of their players. Obviously, the Bengals have made it to a Super Bowl. The Browns want to get to a Super Bowl like every other NFL team in the league. So we shall see how that all plays out over the next few weeks. It could happen today, could happen tomorrow. I'm kind of gearing toward that June 1st Deadline to see what happens with the whole league. There's going to be some shaking and baking. Um, The Browns still have multiple players that are available that are free agents themselves to go to other teams. One of those players is Kareem Hunt. Still not signed with another team. We might not see him signing with another team until camp starts for most NFL teams later this summer. We'll just have to wait and see. The Browns have been bringing in some other prospects. With Nick Chubb not there at OTAs, Jerome Ford, their, uh, what is he, was he a third or fourth round pick last year? He's taken the bulk of the activity this week with the Browns and uh, should be, from, as we speak, the number two back behind Chubb going into the season. It would still be nice if they, the Browns could find some other extra veteran Um Jedrick McKinnon was a kid that we thought maybe the Browns could grab onto from the Chiefs. It was funny. I was listening to Rob and Jeff. They had a great program by the way on their Browns Splits. If you haven't listened to their Browns Split shows, he's coming up on his 200th episode. Rod is on his Browns Blitz podcast, which is awesome. He said some great guests including a1 Eric Metcalf, great running back for the Browns, but he was a talk they were talking about the great running backs because we've just had the the death of Jim Brown and this so they were kind of talking about all the Cleveland Brown's running backs. even players old players, do you remember like Cleo Miller? They talked about some other guys, you know um, including Eric Metcalf. and uh, one of the things they talked about was with Eric Metcalf that he was a really good, you know, back, but he was even a better kind of a wide, uh, a back that could come out of the backfield and catch lots of passes when they finally, uh, he moved over to the Atlanta Falcons. I don't know if he was traded or just signed, I think with Atlanta in free agency at the tail end of his career. He was catching hundreds of passes for the Atlanta Falcons. The Browns used him primarily, you know, in the kickoff game, the punt game, uh, and, and as a running back, but, that's a really good program, though. If you listen, go back and listen to uh Rod's show on the Browns splits, they really go through all the different running backs and uh in Cleveland Brown's history. You know, and they even posed the question: would the Browns running game be considered not as great as it was, considering that they started out or they had a really great running back in Jim Brown? Obviously, there were some great running backs before then. They even talked about this old guy who's still alive, according to what Rob had done some research. Um, Doug Jones, who used to play for the Browns, was the initial running back for the original Browns teams back in the late 40s, early 50s. His name was Doug Jones. I think of Doug Jones, and I think of the uh, relief pitcher for the Cleveland Indians. So do you remember Doug Jones, the relief pitcher? Well, there was a a football player named Doug Jones who was phenomenal, scored like 40-some touchdowns, uh, back in the heyday of the Browns when they were winning uh, AFL uh, championships uh, or AAFL championships. So, okay, folks. We're going to – um actually, we're going to talk a little bit after the break about Jim Brown and and Nick Chubb. I wrote an article recently f- uh for Northeastern Sports Insiders, and we talked a little bit about what it would take for Nick Chubb to capture Jim Brown – Um Can he do it? Maybe. Okay, folks, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back on the other side of this short break. This is the Johnny Cleveland podcast. Okay, we are back here on the Johnny Cleveland podcast. I am your host, John Suchan, and welcome along. We are just enjoying this glorious weather i actually thought about having our show outside we've got a i many of you who follow the johnny cleveland podcast over the years uh have know that on in my beautiful condo we've got not just one we have two decks that we uh sometimes will be doing some shows and i imagine it will probably take this show on the road out the door and uh, have a few podcasts out there uh my uh, sidekick grant man um wonderful son. He likes to join us sometimes. Grant has autism, but he has participated in some of these shows, so we'll probably bring Grant in as a guest. Um, I've also been reaching out, actually, to some other uh, uh, guests, and uh, we'll soon uh, have a few on over the the upcoming weeks, so look forward to that. And um, We were talking about Jim Brown just briefly and Nick Chubb, and could Nick Chubb catch up to Jim Brown. It seems not realistic but Nick Chubb is entering his 6th season with the Browns. Currently he stands in 4th place behind Mike Pruitt and Leroy Kelly. Now, Chubb has 6000 where is it here? Um 6341 yards. He has played in only 75 games. That includes 1,210 rushing attempts. And like I said, he's collected 6,341 yards. Mike Pruitt, who played in 124 games, 49 more games than Chubb, is currently standing um, just above him in third place uh, with a little over, I think, 6,400 or 500 yards. So he's going to, Nick Chubb's going to pass. Mike Pruitt very quickly. But then after that second place right now is Lee Leroy, Leroy Kelly in 136 games that he played in, which included 1,727 attempts. He, cal- he calculated 7,274 yards. So there's a really good chance that an excellent chance, unless Chubb has a serious injury this season. Knock on wood. That's not going to happen. Let me let me knock on wood. Hold on a second. Okay, I knocked on wood. Um, <laughs> so he's going to pass Leroy Kelly. And so by the end of the season, Chubb will be in second place alone, right behind the great, legendary, iconic Jim Brown. The question, though, now is, is he going to first be with the Browns to even challenge Jim Brown for the record. Jim Brown has over to what, 12,200 or 300 yards total. Can Chubb get there? Now it's going to take a lot more games and attempts to get there though. The Browns are going to have to realistically look at extending Chubb one more time. He's entering year six. I think he has, this season and next before he could become a free agent. So that's two years, but he's, he, there's no way that he he's going to be in second place. He'll get, you know, let's say it gets, he's had, let let me just run through this, through this a little bit. The last several years he's racked up. um, This past season, he racked up 1,525 yards. Prior to that, it was you know his other big season. He had fourteen hundred and some yards. He's had eleven hundred yards, twelve hundred yards. So he's been consistently you know over that thousand yard mark. Twelve hundred yards, thirteen hundred yards, fifteen hundred yards. If he could average that fourteen or fifteen hundred yards over the next several seasons, he's going to be right there in the ballpark. But he's going to need time and attempts. And do the Browns want to give him that next contract? I am all for it. I've said this on this show before, and I know some of my other colleagues believe this strongly. I know, listen to Rod Bloom, who's simply said that Nick Chubb is the best running back in the NFL. Totally 110% and behind that statement. Anybody who disagrees, I mean, from other teams, yes, you have your running backs. But Nick Chubb is special. And people that want to toss again this aside running backs and say they're not as important are just nuts. When it comes, especially just in this, in this particular case, I agree to a large degree that most running backs can be disposed of (laughs) in a few years, but Nick Chubb is special. He's getting better, stronger, and he will be right there. I hope the Browns recognize the organization recognizes what we're talking about today. I believe they do. I believe they see what we see. It's extraordinary at the record clip that Chubb is doing things. It really is. Go take a look at his stat line. I I'll let you go take a look at that. I mean, I can tell you he's averaging 5.2 yards a carry for his career. Only Jim Brown was there, you know, and Chubb doesn't look, I mean, barring a serious injury, he will be there. He will be competing. And um, it's amazing. Now, last year, to get those average attempts, you know, you look at Lee Ray Kelly. He has 1,727 carries. Chubb has 1,210 carries. Last year, Chubb had 302 carries. That was actually the most in his career. So while some people think... <laughs> And my former or my colleagues at dog pound daily believe that I want to pound the ball and run the ball and Chubb didn't run the ball enough. It really is interesting. When you go back and look, he had 302 carries that's the most in any one of his seasons. So let's say the Browns give him the ball. Maybe not quite that much because we got Deshaun Watson. We have more weapons offensively. The, the, the offense is going to maybe open up a little bit more. You're going to see more passing. So let's say Chubb doesn't get all those. Maybe he only gets somewhere between 200 and 250 carries this next season. That's still, you know, you think about it, let's say 250 carries that would put him somewhere in the ballpark of 1,450 to 1,500 carries after he, that would be once he passes Leroy Kelly. So he will have passed Leroy Kelly probably approximately with 200 and less rushing attempts, realistically. So that really is um, phenomenal. I mean, it really is. And uh, like I said, I just hope that the Browns really do um, take a look and understand and respect what's happening with Nick Chubb right now. You know, considering the iconic Jim Brown, his passing this week, there's been a lot of discussion about how will the Browns honor Jim Brown this year and the years ahead. And it's really phenomenal, you know, to think too, at the same moment we're talking about this, we're also talking about a running back like Nick Chubb, who is not Jim Brown, but boy, there are some similarities, maybe not in every aspect of his game, but just look and and just watch with your own eyes. Look at the stat lines. I know we're not talking about stats, and stats don't tell the whole story, but come on, folks. You guys who are Browns fans, you know this. You've been to the stadium. you watch the games on TV. I mean, when you started watching Nick Chubb running the ball back in 2018, 2019, just consider, too, that former Browns coach Hugh Jackson, a moron, sat Chubb for the first, what, three or four games of the season? Now, I understand that there were some circumstances going on there, with the, the previous running backs. But just think Chubb always got to a thousand yards by missing the first three or four games. I mean, his first few runs that he got in the game, I think it was against the, what the Raiders he played in a game in 2018. He went for like a bazillion yards, huge, you know, breaks. I mean, huge yardage. So th- this is like, this is why he's special. And, um, a lot to, uh, a lot to look forward to. A lot to look forward to so um let's hope that uh he can uh, get there and uh, i'm going to be excited to watch that and um so let me uh we're going to kind of dive in i did an article recently uh for cleveland sports talk and uh they um i kind of went through the brown schedule and i thought it would be kind of fun to kind of give you my projections my early season projections for the Brownies. And I'm sure, you know, we all like to speculate this, the NFL schedule came out and uh, initially when the, 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 um, records or the season came out with it, with the schedule, I was a little bit more, um, pessimistic. And I think I even initially gave the team kind of a a seven and 10, maybe just record off the top. So then I went back and I kind of did a little bit more digging and I, you know, I, I did this with a little bit with my heart, but also a little bit with my brain, if I have a little bit of a brain. And uh, so I came up with a, a schedule, the schedule, and I went game by game. And I did this for Cleveland Sports Talk. So I'll just give you a few of the highlights. If you haven't checked it out, I think the article's up there on Cleveland Sports Talk. Uh, it's, the title is called A Dog of a Schedule. The Cleveland Browns' 2023 season record projections. So check that out again on Cleveland Sports Talk. They've been really supportive of our podcasting on the Fanatical Elves Network, part of Fans First Sports Network. So we appreciate that. We appreciate Zach Shaffron uh, supporting our, uh, who helps run that um, website. So thank you. So got into this uh, schedule. So I'll just give you a few of the highlights. Um, oh, you know, maybe let's see if I can get there. I had it, but now I don't have it. Um, so we had it up here. Technical difficulties here. We'll see if I can get there. But and I will tell you that in uh, the first game, uh, the Browns open up the season against the yeah, that's right the Cincinnati Bengals, and um, they you know we all know <laughs> what the records are with the Bengals and how. They um they have struggled in week one. Oh, here we go. Let's see if I can get there now without uh, technical difficulties. Okay. So yeah. All right. So they've struggled. We all know this, but the Browns have also had success against the Cincinnati Bengals and only got beat by the Bengals in this last season. And Joe Burrow for the first time beat them. I think it was the game late last season. So Again, uh, the Browns beat him handily on Halloween night last season, but then lost him toward the end. So, man, it's going to be a tough one. I actually have gone back and forth in this. Initially, I thought, well, they're going to lose because, you know, that's what the Browns do in week one. But they did beat Baker Mayfield and the Carolina Panthers a year ago. So I'm going to go with the win. I'm going with the win. So that's, that's how we open up the season. Of course, in the Browns travel the following week to the – pittsburgh steelers it's a monday night football game and folks you know you and i know this as browns fans it's a struggle when we go to to uh pittsburgh i mean the way that the browns won that playoff game in pittsburgh back in 2020 is really amazing now granted there were no fans in the stands it was because it was the pandemic but It's tough to win in Pittsburgh. So I look at that as a loss. Uh, There's another win coming back home to play Tennessee. Then there's the Baltimore Ravens game right before the Browns go on their bye in week five, where I just, I don't know what it is with Baltimore. We have struggled with Baltimore and I see that as a loss. So we continue through the, the schedule and I've talked a little bit on previous podcasts, but that game coming back after the bye in week six, the Browns have another home game against the San Francisco 49ers. This is a huge game. And I know some folks that I work with, my colleagues don't necessarily agree with this, but it's going to be a big game. The 49ers are traditionally very good. And though they're coming across the country to play the Browns, this is a big time game. If the Browns are struggling out of the gate, they've got to get this win. And actually I'm going to give them this win um, on their record. So, you go through the rest of the, the, the schedule. There's some games against the Colts. There's some, a game against Seattle. You know, they have only, Browns have only been out to Seattle three times over the last 30 years and they've lost all three games. Interestingly, the Browns also have a home game and they come back and play the Arizona Cardinals. So, if DeAndre Hopkins ends up signing with the Browns, that would be an interesting game for Hopkins. So, further on in the season, they go back and they play Baltimore. They play Pittsburgh again. Then they have another road trip out there where they play the Broncos and then the LA Rams. And actually I look for the Browns to have some success out there in Denver. They've had some success in previous attempts out there. They go over to play the Rams. I have them losing that game in kind of a shootout. Do you remember a couple seasons ago when they did go out to Los Angeles and lost to them? Um, was that 2021 or no, they were playing the Los Angeles chargers in that game. The last time the Rams and the Browns played was when the Rams came to Cleveland. I think that was in 2019 and they had a chance. The Browns had a chance to win at the very end of that game. Remember that? And they lost Baker Mayfield blew it. Um, so the latter part of the season, they played Jacksonville, the bears, Houston, the New York jets, And again, they finished the season how they started against the Cincinnati Bengals. So while some of these teams on there don't seem like they're very good, especially at the beginnings of seasons, like the Jaguars or the Bears or even the Texans, they got to go and play these teams at the end of the season. And who knows, right? We don't know what it's going to look like in week 15, 16, or 17. Speaking of that, the NFL came out with this new rule on these flexing Thursday night games. I touched on a little bit on the Northeastern sports insiders that I write for, but because they're flexing weeks uh, two through 17 for Thursday night, that means that the NFL at any point could flip out that Thursday night game for a better matchup. So while the Browns are scheduled to play the New York jets and um, Aaron Rodgers, if the Browns or the Jets are really um, stinking up the joint, uh, they could switch that out. That also means that the Browns potentially could have a game on their schedule, let's say, and against Jacksonville or the bears where at the end of the season, they could, um, they could get, get back and uh, have that game maybe on a Thursday night. It's giving Amazon prime. Who's going to be carrying the Thursday night games that, Type of flexibility so I end up giving the Browns at the end of the year I actually am projecting them to have a record of 10 and 7 not 7 and 10 like I initially thought I have the Browns playing get this yes the Miami Dolphins in a first round wild card game somehow and they win and then they come back and they play the Ravens again and I'll leave it there and say there's always next year. So again, that record might switch. Go back and read that article on Cleveland Sports Talk, please. I've got a few little tidbits and fun information and would love for you to check that out. Uh, Like I said, I also contribute to Northeastern uh, Sports Insiders uh, run by a great uh, gal there, Natalie. uh, Wonderful, uh, you know, supporting Cleveland. They just do so many great things over there, supporting high school sports, especially the Cleveland Guardians. um, Just some really great writers over there, so... I also write for Dog Pound Daily and uh, King James Gospel, so check out those articles I write over there. I've got an article on uh, uh, King James Gospel actually today about what JB Bickerstaff, the Cavs coach, could do better that Eric Spoelstra, the Miami Heat coach, does now. Many of you know I don't like JB Bickerstaff. I don't think he's a good uh, fit for the Browns or for the Cavs as their coach. So I've been pretty critical of JB. I don't think he knows what he's doing, but that's for another show. (laughs) So again, um, folks, thank you for following along on the Johnny Cleveland podcast. We really, like I said at the beginning, really just appreciate your following. Please spread the word. Tell people to follow the Fanatical Elves Network. We are bringing you some really good content, really good stuff. We've got some experienced guys who, not only do podcasting, but they're excellent writers. They write for Dog Pound Daily, Cleveland Sports Talk, other periodicals as well. Um, you know, Rod out there in um, Brown Splits, he's writing books. So check us out, man. Check us out. Okay, folks, I hope you all have a very good rest of your wonderful, glorious uh, Memorial Day weekend. We will be coming to you. Now, this is kind of important. So if you're listening, I'm hoping you're still listening on the uh, Johnny Cleveland podcast here tomorrow we're going to be starting a new thing for our any given Sunday show where we kind of talk about what the Browns have done and what we look forward to on our podcast in the upcoming week. And one of those things that we're going to be doing folks is we're going to have a new giveaway and it's going to be some trivia that leads up to a huge giveaway, a big time giveaway. And I'm real excited to share this out tomorrow on our Sunday kickoff show, any given Sunday kickoff show. So stay tuned for that. That'll be coming to you tomorrow, Sunday. So listen in for the details on this new giveaway that we're going to have that all of us at the Johnny Cleveland podcast, the, what the elf was that the football philosophy and rocket science and the Brown split show all will be giving you trivia questions that you'll need to tune in for. So there'll be more details on that. Just super excited to give away this giveaway. I can't wait to tell you guys what it's going to be. So tune in tomorrow, Sunday, for the Any Given Sunday show here on the Fanatical Elves Network to hear what that next giveaway is. You're going to like it, folks. I guarantee it. All right, guys. Have a great rest of your day. Again, this is the Johnny Cleveland Podcast. I'm your host, John Suchan. Thanks for listening, and have a great Memorial Day weekend. And remember, folks, too, that's right, Keep smiling.